Why did the Can Crusher quit his job? Well, I have no idea why. Because it was so depressing. Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. The first boy says, he goes, well, first he goes up to the bartender, of course. And the third one, Jeff. This isn't a joke or anything, it's just another example of what can happen. The second guy says, well, the bartender, okay. Well, the second guy says, he comes up and he's like, Cut to, uh, like, 20 years later. Joan Rivers is the bartender. Are you going to buy me drinks all night to the point where I get so drunk that I end up having sex with you later? That's right. My Uncle Joe the drunk. At one time, he's in a bar. He's making a lot of noise. And this woman comes over. And the third one, Jeff. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. Six bouncers hurled me out of a nightclub like I was a Frisbee. And the bartender's all like, he comes up, you know. Look at that guy. He's wasted in a bar. I came here to read a novel. So these two guys walk into a bar, right? And the third one just. <laughs> so we ha- we have that recorded now. Oh, good. Yeah, look at that. We're moving, moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Um, good, good, good. Yeah, which, uh, by the way, I did I at least watch the first half of um, the Muppet movie the other day. Okay, the original one? Yeah, I fell asleep, but, um, you know, I got halfway through it, so. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of jokes in there that I did not catch um, when I was younger. So that was uh, yes, very, yes, indeed, very fun. So I, I guess let's do the hi, welcome to Third One Ducks, the comedy podcast that frankly isn't very good. Uh, mm. As always, uh, Patrick Kilcoin is with me. That's and, true. I am. Yeah, and and me, uh, my name is Brady Cox, and. Uh, I'm a Virgo. It's actually not true. I don't remember what sign I am um, because I don't believe in that. Um, and so it's unimportant to me. Anyway, um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Yeah. Good night. Um, where, wherever, whatever time it may be uh, where you're at. Um, how you doing, Patrick? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Brady? Um, I, I can't complain. Uh, a little reluctant to get out of bed this morning, but okay, um, okay. But it's okay because uh, there's always the post podcast nap. Ooh, that's exciting. It, it is, and I I enjoy it. It's a good time indeed. Just me and Freddy Krueger, you know, like to cuddle, mm. and, and my cats, of course, because they they like to occupy the bed with me. You got anything going on? You gonna you need to plug anything? Because I sure don't. Yeah, I have nothing. Okay. I'm looking to plug. Yeah, it's, it's so that makes that easy. Yeah, I think we're like what this is episode thirteen or fourteen. That and, sounds about right. We're like, yeah, we're gonna have this section where we can plug stuff, and uh, yeah, that's really worked out well so far. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that you know when we start doing this you know, in person and with guests that, um, you know, at least the guests might have something to plug. Um, so that'll be fun. 
we're just a couple of guys doing the best we can, you know, working our nine to fives, doing this on the side and, um, you know, trying to get in what we can. Yeah. And that doesn't always follow a schedule. No. A lot of times that's a, hey, can you, can you come out tonight and do a bit? Sure, sure, I can come out tonight. But that's really not pluggable. That's true. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, moving on. I guess uh, we're doing we're doing Bill Hicks today. We're doing Bill um, Hicks. What was the album? This is Relentless, correct? It's relentless. That is correct. Yeah, we did his second album. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, part of this was uh trying to get into the whole uh Bill Hicks Dennis Leary thing and yeah we plan on doing Dennis Leary No Cure for Cancer next mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that'll mm-hmm. be next week um so far I haven't really caught it um but it's been a very long time since yeah. I've seen Dennis Leary right um yeah I haven't I'll agree with that um through listening of one album, I think I'm on Leary's side of that controversy, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. And, you know, it's not like we're going to listen to all of their materials and, you know, go through it. We're just going to, you know, just see see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my guess is that it's more just like, sure, maybe they had some similar jokes, but that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it, it's something that's very apparent in the internet age, right? Where it's just like, um, you know, where you go on Twitter during the day and you see all these jokes and then, you know, you, you flip on the, um, the late night shows and there's the same jokes. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I think for the late night shows that just comes with the territory of having to write a show every night. Um, you 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 don't judge the the cheap jokes. You just use them and move on. You know, right, right. I, I think that's definitely a part of it. I also think you know, it, as contemporaries in the early '90s, again, we haven't done Leary yet, but there is just a certain style that would come out of it with the same basic culture going around. And then, um, I mean, there's a lot of obvious uh, influence from both Carlin and Lenny Bruce on here. That once you have that kind of comic style, drop it in the '90s. Yeah, this is probably what it's going to look like, whether you're Dennis Leary or, or or Bill Hex. But we can save uh, comparisons for sure. more comparison-focused episode. Sure. Um... Well, I mean, I want to take some time on here and some time on there and not, you know, kind of um, push, you know, talking about Dennis Leary and his album, like, completely off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just remember Dennis Leary being a lot more ranty than than this. Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess it doesn't matter if you're ranty or not if you're using the same material. But Yeah. Um, allegedly. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, yeah, but even like the same material. So, yeah, Bill Hicks. I think in his mind he was angry and dark, but he doesn't really come across that way on at least on the recording. 
is more just like straightforward observational. But it is a lot of, you know, if, if he said that Leary stole his whole persona, I, I don't know. This is pretty much straightforward, like, Gen X dude is talking about pornography and drugs and smoking and alcohol in the Bush administration. And I'll, 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 I'll wait until we listen to Leary, but, my, but having heard the idea that someone stole my whole persona before listening to this album kind of i think tainted it for me because it was kind of a yeah but your persona is fairly what it would be in the first bush administration the grunge era right i mean i knew yeah i knew a lot of people like that at the time so um i mean that was kind of like you know when they issued personalities you know like that there was a lot of that going on yeah Um, it wasn't uncommon or anything not to, you know, say that these guys are hacks or anything. That's just, you know, who they were. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Fine. Yeah, but uh, moving off the controversy, I, I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good album. It's not, um, I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go out to my friends and be like, hey, man, have you heard this? Um, right. It's, it's good. The material's good. It's delivered well. Somewhat unremarkable in a lot of ways, though. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't mean that as a dig. I mean that as a literal definition of just, I don't really have any remarks about it other than I'm trying to be as detailed as possible because, you know, yeah. li- literally that's what we're doing here. But uh, if we weren't doing the show, uh, would I have even made like a, facebook comments saying hey i listened to this album and i thought it was good or bad or whatever probably not i mean if we weren't frankly from my perspective and again i don't mean this is a knock it is a good album yeah it just is kind of what you were just saying unremarkable like this is just kind of all right so being a being a child at about the same time bill hicks would have been doing comedy i was give give or take a few years a lot of his what some people refer to as groundbreaking and like oh hugely influential comedy also just kind of feels like everyone's uncle's observations on the early to mid 90s yeah and it is just kind of ah oh, the war the persian gulf war it was a war but like it kind of wasn't which we've already heard sam kennison make basically the same comments about right. um not because I anyone's stealing from anyone. It's just that was a very quick conflict. Yeah, yeah. We can get into the politics about how long that could have lasted. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. And you know, I you know, as, as his son would show us. Um, oh yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really a fan of you know Bush Senior, but I think that's one thing that he did well. Uh, get in, and get so out. If we have a yeah. Um, yeah, you know, do do what we came to do and then leave. Um, no, no boots on the ground at all. That's pretty amazing, right? Um, right. But uh, yeah, you know, I I remember thinking about Kinnison and thinking that what I was listening to was more how I remembered Sam Kinnison, um, except for just with the you know the screaming. Um, um, but uh, it was less about, you know, shooting homeless people and more about, you know, 
talking yeah. about just normal stuff that, you know, uh, we all do. But in a way that's, you know, uh, a lot more entertaining than the average Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point about Bill Hicks' um, delivery being very strong, it absolutely is. Um, the rhythms with which he'll, he'll lay out his jokes. And I, I, another thing that I really appreciated is how much he does lean into um, his own kind of vocal sound effects throughout the album. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but there will be a lot of times where he'll go and I can't even think of examples right now, but he makes a lot of other noises with his mouth that help with his mouth that help uh, further the jokes. Yeah, and but at the same time that I'm giving him credit for that, it is still a lot of uh, people say drugs are bad, but I love doing drugs. I like smoking. What is pornography? Like it, it is just a lot of very straightforward easy like i said every theoretically funny uncle might have the exact same basic routine i also kind of want to point out i mean you know we sit here and we do an album a week right Mm -hmm. and so you know something that's like I, i i said unremarkable um doesn't mean that it's not good right um right like you know we get we're gonna get jaded um i just uh i i can't see how somebody can be like a good like uh reporter on like if a comedian is funny or not you know what i mean because either they're gonna be lying a lot and pretending like it was so amazing or they're going to get um complacent right and just get used to Mm -hmm. it and not be at a point to where they can actually review it honestly um, and yeah. I, I kind of think that's where we're at, where we're just like, um, just being so, I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but like, I, you know, go to a lot of open mics and I go to, um, you know, see shows and I, you know, I kind of like, uh, live my life around, um, you know, comedy in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just, it's very easy to forget that, um, you know, like, um, the other thing that I'm really into is beer. Right. And so like, I I can go in and, you know, grab like some Pilsner from, um, for instance, I just had one yesterday from uh, wild onion in Chicago. So shout out to those guys. Um, yeah. Um, it was very good. A little bit more hoppy than I was expecting, but sure, um, sure. But but I enjoyed it. Whereas you know I could tell you exactly you know it's a it's a pilsner, so I didn't expect the hops right. But you know it was still good. But like some guy off the street, you know that doesn't know anything about it, walks in and that might be like his new favorite beer, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. He couldn't tell you why, um, but you know just knows he likes it so it's just like it's kind of like that it's just um no matter what you're going to be biased in some way shape or form and um we're kind of biased in the fact that we kind of um um we're doing this all the time yeah we are and and i think that's a good point and and i think it particularly kind of hurts 
as we're on the subject of Bill Hicks, it I think it hurts that more kind of observational humor where it is kind of, yep, it, like you were saying with the late night TV show monologues, it's kind of like, yep, that's the joke you would make about that situation. Congrats, you made the joke. Whereas there is opportunity for, and, and that's what keeps bringing me back to the Dennis Leary and Bill Hicks word of persona. Because as compared to a lot of people we've talked about and a lot of people we haven't, I don't feel a real solid like persona coming from Bill Hicks in the way of uh, all the later legal issues aside. You know, you have the, the let's look at childhood, let's look at fatherhood perspective of a Bill Cosby. You have a George Carlin who definitely is observational. But he'll do work on his observations. He'll like dive in, get the research, get that, and start being like, oh, here's an observation I made. And then I looked into this and found out this happened 20 years ago. And, and like, that's just an extra step, but I don't know. I, I think Carlin takes it a step further where he's almost... He hits social satire in a much more sincere way than a lot of the observational comics. Obviously, you have, like, a, a, a prior who has his own legitimate persona, as would an Eddie Murphy. And this, this Bill Hicks one just... Feels like every dude in his, I'm going to guess, early 30s in the early 90s. And it just, I don't know. A few things here. Um, you know, Bill Hicks, this is his second album, right? Yeah. Um, he's not very deep into the game at this point. Uh, he'd, you know, just become famous enough to put out a couple albums, right? And let's be honest, at the time, not a household name. Correct. Um, he was just, you know, one of those comics that existed. If you were really into stand-up, uh, you knew who he was, but maybe only peripherally. He only became quote-unquote legendary after he died. I don't think he is, um, you know, at, at the top of his game yet. He's, mm -hmm. he's obviously on the path. Um, unfortunately, he died and, you know, was never able to, um... You know, I, I, I guess get there. Um, and and here's the thing. If he had survived and, and lived, would we be talking about him? I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's definitely no way of knowing that. Yeah, there's definitely, a, you know, some sort of a mythos uh, when that sort of thing happens. Uh, although, you know, we definitely talked about Mitch Hedberg, who died young. And just because he just... But that's a little different, right? Um Mitch Hedberg was some of it's different. Super unique. Um, exactly. In fact, like I, I can't think of anybody who has filled that that gap. I guess there's not yeah. really a gap. It's something he created. Um, the closest one, and very, very, very different styles of humor, but similar, like quick one line, one line, one line. Um, I think where Mitch Hedberg was kind of the Every stoner slacker doing a bunch of one-line jokes we did have in kind of the mid-00s. The, the nerd character doing about the exact same bits of one-line, one-line, one-line. And, and I would... Uh, I'm referring to Dimitri Martin in that <laughs> stance. Um, where it's a similar thing. rhythm, very different material, but similar rhythms and styles and 
you know, the jokes with the guitar and all of that stuff. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, um, ex- except for the fact that, you know, uh, when Dimitri Martin came out, he was very much like that. And you see him now and he's 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 changed up quite a bit. Um, it's not the same thing anymore. Yeah. Um, which we can... I guess I haven't kept up with him too much, but yeah, we, yeah, we can, can deal with that some other time. Yeah, debate that up and down, but I, you know, it's it's probably a very personal thing, and um, yeah, maybe he realized that he was trying to be um, somebody that really wasn't um, who he is, and that um, you know, writing a set for something like that is is probably easy the first time, but um, you can't sustain it, you know, kind of a thing. But anyway, this is a good album, um, uh, enjoyable, definitely, um, you know, there's some things that are dated, like we talked about, like Iraq War, but uh, that's always going to happen. Yeah. Well, maybe not always, uh, you know, you know, you got your Bill Cosby's and whatnot, which, you know, the material is timeless. But um, I I do think that, you know, uh, part of a comedian's job overall and in general is to comment on what's going on in the world around us and point out the the just stupidities and 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 hypocrisies and whatnot. Um, so yeah. I, I don't fault any comedian for for doing that. Um, but you know, it, it does make and, and honestly, because we're in this uh, situation where like everything's recorded anymore. Um, you know, I, I bet in a thousand years they'll be listening to these uh, comedy bits and and um, that's going to be very helpful to, you know, piece together, you know, what was actually going on at the time. Uh, it, it will be interesting. That That's a really, I like that comparison because I'll, I'll go in the opposite direction of we probably have no clue which ones will be the ones that last and survive and that are remembered. Because, um, I mean, even if you look at music as recently as the 60s or 70s, what was top of the charts is not what's necessarily now regarded as, oh, yeah, this was the best song of that decade. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not really talking about pop culture. I'm talking about... Um academic because um, you think about something that happened um, 500 years ago right um, if you're a scholar on that and you're looking at the books of the time uh, you and I don't know what those books are called um, yeah you know what I'm saying um, just uh, some of these people like in a hundred years like I will people know who Bill Hicks is in a hundred years um, yeah I don't know man that's um, I think that's a stretch. I mean, we oh look at yeah, I mean, a hundred years I, ago, I don't and so. where are we at? We're at 1922. Uh, who were the big stars in 1922? Um, uh, I think yeah. Cole Porter was pretty big in the 20s. Yeah, like a Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin, um, definitely. Yeah. What does Cecil B. DeMille right? Is who's our director, right? Yeah, he uh, he might have been more. 30s ish, but sure. Um, 
Yeah, the, I mean Mickey Mouse, right? Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's just a uh, hundred years is like, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, will people know who Kathy Griff, Griffin is in a hundred years? No, but really not. No. Um, no offense to her, I think she's a great comic and has made some, I don't know, um, decisions that have come out poorly for her. I don't believe they were poor decisions. I think they were pretty spot on most of the time, but that's just me. Um, sure. and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to you know, put her down. I'm not trying to put her down. I'm just saying that it's, a, it's a very hard thing to do to survive, uh, in the pop culture zeitgeist, uh, for a hundred years. Right. And, and to your exact example earlier, you know, even if a, a Buster Keaton comes to mind, would have been a contemporary of Chaplin. He's not remembered in the way Charlie Chaplin is. To your comment about 500 years ago, you know, no matter who was the biggest author of the time in the 1500s or who people were truly reading the most or liking the most, the name from that era that survived is Shakespeare. And there probably are only a few from any era that will remain that noteworthy. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And, um, it's funny that, um, there are contemporaries of Shakespeare and honestly, I couldn't name one of them, but academically those only really survive just because of Shakespeare. Otherwise you probably would never get, get mentioned at all. Would they even be important academically if they were not contemporaries of Shakespeare? I mean, I think people who are studying like British theater would know about the, you know, Christopher Marlowe's of the world and oh, whoever else there was. Um, but yeah, not other than people specifically studying a specific era at a master's or doctoral level. No, people would not know who those uh, other individuals are. Right. And, you know, we have the internet. We could look it up right now. Um, seven days from now. I'm not going to remember that. Right. Um, so it's uh, it's nice that we can look things up, but it, do I really have that knowledge? No. Um, right. It's just a, yeah, uh, it's a yeah. reference. But yeah, moving on from that, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I definitely think that... Um, had Bill Hicks survived, m- maybe we would have put the Dennis Leary thing to bed by now, especially since, um, when was the last time you saw Dennis Leary do anything? Um, it's been about a decade. Yeah. You know, I think kind of Bill Burr has kind of filled that gap in a lot of ways. Sure. Being the, sure. the every man. It's just like, what the fuck? Which is kind of a shame. I mean, I, I, I remember really liking Dennis Leary. That's a very interesting comparison, though, because I feel that both both Dennis Leary and Bill Burr kind of towed that line where they were like a kind of edgy everyman stand-up comic, but then both of them kind of shifted a little bit more into acting and not necessarily in comic roles. Whereas most stand-ups you see that then do go off and act, it'll be very broad comedies leary had rescue me and i mean he was in spider-man and a a few other things in the 90s and bill burr you know was one of the other 
uh, comic relief, certainly, but along with Bob Odenkirk was one of the kind of henchmen. Well, Odenkirk wasn't really a henchman, but like Burr was one of the henchmen in Breaking Bad towards towards the end there. He was in Mandalorian, um, as you mentioned a few weeks ago, King of Staten Island, which is a comedy, but his role is different. It's just it's interesting that those two in particular, I think, as they shifted over, didn't necessarily just take the the Sandler roles, the uh, even a Jason Siegel, who I acknowledge really isn't a stand-up, but like that type of role. They were in more dramatic pieces, I guess is my point. Yeah, I mean, um, there's there's a lot of similarities between the two, um, it, and it's it's funny that it is generational, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they're both like I think they're both from Boston, right? I I know Bill Burr is. Um, yeah, I, de- I know Dennis Leary is. So if you know Bill Burr is, then yeah, we're correct. Right, you got or- the, the the redhead from Boston, uh, bad attitude. Um, yeah, they're, they're just super similar in a lot of ways. Um, where, whereas like, I, you know, Bill Burr is still around and, um, we, we can name drop him and talk about all the things that he's doing. Whereas in Dennis Leary just kind of, yeah, he started yeah. doing that rescue me show and then you just kind of never heard from him ever again. And personally, I never watched that show. Um, and I never, yeah, neither did I, but I was aware of it. And I, you know, I never watched Breaking Bad either, so I will admit oh, that well, freely. I'm sorry, uh, Bill Burr <laughs> plays a not very important role, but but he's there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to get to your parts where you can, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially early on, where you're just known for being the the funny guy. Um, yeah, I I guess I'm glad that you brought up Boston because that's where I think I was going with my weird, awkward, like, film role tangent, is a lot of the stand-ups who go into film, they're going to be these broad, ridiculous comedies, whereas a Dennis Leary or a Bill Burr could both be... Neither of them were in this movie. But you could see them being, like, one of the cops in, like, The the Departed. Or that sort of stature of film, they wouldn't feel completely out of place whereas a lot of the people we discuss would. Oh, yeah. Um, Honestly, um, if somebody out there listening is like some sort of television writer, uh, and if you want to take the idea of the Dennis Leary, Bill Burr buddy cop uh, show, go right ahead. That sounds wonderful. I'd watch the shit out of that. (laughs) Um, But there, too, you would get you would end up getting a dark comedy very rooted in reality and not something... And I love this show, don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't be the same kind of broad comic style of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. It it would it would definitely be very much... It, it would have to be set in... Probably set in Southie Boston, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the, they're not... You know, maybe they're not the most... Crook, they're not crooked cops, but they definitely look the other way. And they, you know, they definitely will, you know, take small bribes here and there. Um, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like the, the lovable scamp kind of a cop type of a situation. Yeah. Um, to, or I'm we, even thinking, like, if you gave Mark Wahlberg's character from The Departed his own show. Ah. Like that style of 
not even necessarily will take a bribe, but just kind of like the loose cannon who's kind of management. But I don't know. Yeah, let's throw those three in that show and let's get Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. And yeah, um, who who else is a famous Bostonian? Get all these accents in there. It'll be a lot of people, but <laughs> just make it a. I don't know. I I think that would be a fun show if like, um, yeah, definitely definitely would be a good time. I'd I'd watch it. Let's just get Scorsese on the phone and be like, "Hey, wait, never mind. That doesn't work." Yeah, I I don't have his number handy. Well, yeah, that too. I was gonna say like we've got a great idea for the sequel to The Departed. But also, like, almost everybody dies in that movie, so... Yeah. So then you'd need to bring in Bill Burr and Dennis Leary to replace them. It, it, it reminds me of, um... The other day there was a, um... This meme about, like, okay, you and your kids, you know... You, uh, you and your son or whatever pull up and, like, there's this, uh... You know, just... there's millions of dollars laying in the road or whatever and there's nobody around uh, what's the first thing that you do and there were a lot of different answers and mine was uh well, i show them good fellas and i mm. go this is what happens if you say anything that's how you get caught basically remember remember the end of good fellas everybody starts dying because yeah. they like spent all this money right away and uh um, yeah, you know they were trying not to get caught by the cops or whatever. Yeah, because you know that's that's how people get away with stuff, right? Like they shut their mouth and uh, they don't uh, do anything that's going to draw attention to them um, themselves, right? Yeah, live within your means. Right. Don't be new money, that sort of thing. Right. Um. So anyway, um, I would like to see a comedic sketch where Scorsese is played by Eugene Levy. Levy. Sure, yeah. I don't know why I suddenly want that, but I suddenly want that. That sounds familiar, and honestly, like if that doesn't exist, they look similar enough that I'm sure somebody's brought that up before. All right. I, hopefully, like we remember to look that up because I. If that hasn't happened, that would that would be surprising yeah. to me. Eugene needs to get on it. Yeah, and why hasn't he hosted SNL in a while? And it was his son did about a year did, or two ago. But like, you know what? Um, I'd like to see him host it. Um, That's true. That's true. You know, or just maybe just get the whole cast of that show and just yeah, just have them host at the same time. Wouldn't that be great? Catherine O'Hara and and Eugene Levy on. SNL. Mm-hmm. Oh man, don't get me started. I don't know. I just watched. Uh, what was the episode I just watched? Um, I couldn't even tell you the host. My host didn't really matter. Apparently. Um, oh, it was a. It was a. Bumble snatch Cumberbund. Um, oh, Benedict Cumberpatch. Yeah, uh, yeah, that guy. Um, so he he was on. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a pretty good episode. Um, sure. Apparently, uh, I think last night was Selena Gomez, and I hear that wasn't didn't go very well. 
Well, I haven't caught any of it yet. I haven't caught Cumberbatch's either. Yeah, I, I wanted to watch the Lizzo episode, which I think was last sure. week. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure she did a good job. I'm sure. Um, uh, remember when um, the Maha Fest signed Lizzo for... Um, that was for that. very good timing on that. And I didn't I didn't make it to that show. I know I know people who did, but I didn't either. Yeah, they I just, They basically got her as a headliner right before she blew up nationally. Right. And I remember thinking like who, who the hell is this? And then I remember hearing that once she did start getting radio play and whatnot, she tried to reno, re, renegotiate the uh, contract. We're like, nope, you're coming to beautiful Exarbin, <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I remember being vaguely aware of her several years before she got big because of that um, Good As Hell number, which after she blew up, she re-released. But that was a, a couple years before the rest of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And smart on her for re-releasing that, knowing that it, this is a good oh, song, yeah. and nobody heard it because, you know, just because. Um, yeah. Which, uh, you, you know, I, I think about that all the time when I hear, like, a song on the radio where it's just like, remember that one-hit wonder? Like, this is their second track from that album that they put out. Um, and it gets radio play, and and you're thinking, like, if it weren't for that hit that they had, would anybody be listening to this at all? That's true. Um, but yeah, the opposite happens where you got like a great song, like good as hell that nobody ends up listening to. Yeah. Or I remember, and I don't remember any like specific numbers, but I remember probably about a decade ago when fun got big with the, we are young song. Yeah. Then going back and hearing some of both their album before that and also when Nate Ruiz was in the format, I mean, like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, I wish I had listened to this sooner sort of thing. <laughs> so you said that now I'm just curious. So you said that you did watch the Cumberbatch episode of SNL? I, yes, I did. How was he? I'm trying to remember. Um, and that's what I was having a problem with. Um you know, I, I think he did a great job um, just being himself and um, yeah. rolling with, you know, bits and whatnot. Um, I don't remember. He wasn't horrible. I mean, the, the guy is an actor, right? Um, right, right. And his comedy chops aren't the worst. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not a comedian or anything. But um, I've seen him in things where he's, you know, funny. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't bad. I I can't recall any bit that like stood out. Okay. Sure. Um, which sure. you know, a, a lot of times that's the writing, and um, I kind of think that, um, and I've I've shared this theory with you before, but I kind of think SNL right now uh, suffers from uh, too much choice and options. You have so many writers. And they're all fighting to get it on. And yeah. then um, because of that, the audience doesn't get to see the crazy, wacky shit. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely 
the crazy wacky side of it, but also like the first several years, if I recall correctly, the primetime players were like there were like six of them. Right. The the cast has definitely expanded a lot in the past um, yeah. decade, I guess. Um and 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 apparently it's a lot harder to get sketches on. Um and uh, again, with the more variety, uh, there's so many more vanilla options to be had that they're never going to get into like a rocky road type of a situation. Um, sure, they can avoid it completely. Um, but I, I also think that you know when you get wacky and silly, uh, sometimes you know you get some gold, right? I mean, I I think about. SNL right about the time Macaulay Culkin hosted, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mike Myers and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and Michael Jordan hosted that season as well. Um, man, that show was gold at the time. And um, I just remember a lot of it was silly. Like, yeah, um, you know, just um, and, and wacky and kind of out there and not safe. And I, I just feel, oh, feel, sure. I, th- I, f- I feel like they pick safe too often. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And which you know leads to mediocre. Yeah, or or it feels like it's safe plus whatever Pete wants to do. Um, right. Um, I I like Pete. I, I think. He, oh, I do too. Don't get me wrong. I really hope that he doesn't go down the Kanye West road um, to where like he starts thinking that, you know, it doesn't matter what he does, that people are going to love it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He doesn't strike me as that type, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope he stays stuck in reality, um, even though he's really not right now. He's, he's living in this like weird fantasy world. It's a very weird few years for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you go from being somebody with, you know, uh, low self-esteem to um, being like this person that everybody wants to be. Like, that's just so so weird. But I think part of it is, and going back to Bill Hicks not necessarily having a persona that can be stolen because he doesn't necessarily have a persona that's super unique. And that's my opinion, not anyone else's. Sure. Um, Davidson is interesting. Uh, like, he's firmly, if we're going generational, he's, he's firmly millennial, but, like, I think appeals to a lot of the Gen Z um, styles right now in just some of the... I don't know if nihilism is the right word. But there's definitely a hint of that, and that's kind of why I don't see him taking a Kanye turn, is because Kanye is kind of very much the the world about rock stars, and I'm the biggest rock star, I'm a genius, I'm great, and and a lot of Davidsons, I don't know whether his persona are real, but it is a lot of nothing matters, everything's a mess, let's try to enjoy it. Yeah, um, I, I think you know the you know reason the rise of Pete Davidson is really out of um, 
And I, I don't think he's doing a character. I think that's just who he genuinely. Oh, is. I think it's real. Yeah. And, and and a lot of it is the fact that it's genuine, right? Yeah. And people um, identify with and, that, and also he's just so open and like very much just like this is how I feel, and that's that's it. Um, he just lays it all out on the table for people, you know. Right. And as we as a culture get a lot more comfortable discussing mental health, having a, a figure that is almost iconic in, yep, no, here's how I feel. Going to talk about it. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. But then also has weird tangents to like, and here's what's going on with literally some of the biggest names of the day, whether it's Kanye or the Kardashians <laughs> or Ariana Grande. Or, like, I think he was briefly involved with What's-Her-Face from Bridgerton. Like, he's just kind of everywhere. And also SNL then ties him to everyone also. Right. Because they'll get the biggest names of the day to host. Whether they're in that field or they're Elon Musk and Trump. I, I And Trump would have been before Davidson's rise. But, yeah, yeah. it's just an interesting... Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I I really hope that um, fame isn't getting to his head and that he's just, that he's got some sort of um, perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, he, he seems like a good dude and like, I, I would hate to see him ruined by, I don't know, I, I do kind of question his judgment on, you know, who he's dating currently, but um yeah. He's still with Kardashian. I I assume. I don't know. Kim specifically, I know that's kind of a broad right. name to bring up. Uh, yeah. A, a palette, if you will. The <laughs> second most important Kardashian. Okay. Who's number one? Oh, I'm giving Robert number one. And I know he's been dead for a long time, but, but their father, who was oj's lawyer who is why they're famous in the first place um well you know you know uh, bruce jenner or whatever her name is now caitlin uh, yeah, yeah. Does, doesn't hurt either um, oh yeah no she's definitely also like but i don't know and maybe this is just a weird thing of time like eh, it won a couple of gold medals in the 70s uh that's still fairly rare. I know. I know. Just, I, you know, I really don't want to. Um, I think we've exhausted our Kardashian uh, quota for the week. What? I was shifting <laughs> from Kardashian to Olympics. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just got really bored there. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's talking about all these. People I'm just that, saying. You know, I'm just saying. About. Okay, let's put it this way: twenty years from now, I don't think anybody's gonna care what Michael Phelps' stepchildren are up to. Right. So it's weird that Caitlyn Jenner's athletic fame is relevant. Well, I, I guess it depends on if his ch children put out a sex tape. Um, Lots of people do that. 
honestly, like, I don't, sex tapes aren't going to be a thing in the future. It's just going to be like. No, they won't. Somebody, oh, somebody leaked this. They recorded it on their phone. Um, you de- you definitely will never have another, like, Pam and Tommy type of thing. Right. Um, or Kim Kardashian, for that matter. Yeah. But. Except Pam and Tommy were famous before the sex tape. That's very true. Um, I mean, if if at some point somewhere in the National Archives they're like, oh, we found JFK and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that would break the internet. That would break most of society if we found that. But I don't think that's going to happen because film was very difficult in the early 60s. Right. You'd have to have a whole setup. Yeah, you have to have a whole setup. You're sitting there with like, all right, I'm President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. This is Marilyn Monroe, and we're here today with Stanley Kubrick for some reason. Um, because I couldn't think of a different early '60s directing example. Sure. And I know that he's more late '60s and into the '70s, but still, the point remains. And, and we, now we are off Bill Hicks by now. Right. We all know, though, that uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, was off filming the uh, moon landing at the time. So Hell no. <laughs> I do not believe in the faked moon landing. I, I don't. It's. I don't either. I think only crazy people do. We did not have. I'm not saying that they couldn't have faked the moon landing. I'm saying that they couldn't have faked the moon landing in 1969. Like, right. we did, straight up did not have the scenic and lighting equipment to make that look believable at that time. Right. It would have been harder to fake it than to go there. Right. Here's my thing. If Hollywood wasn't doing it at the time, uh, how the hell is the government going to do it? Oh, that's a good point. Um, because JFK got shot. And because they're pissed off at the Soviet Union, like those are the two real things. Like JFK came out and said, "We choose to go to the moon in the next decade. We will go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard." And then he got <laughs> shot. And we're like, "We sure as hell don't want the Soviets to get there first. So we put a lot of effort into it, which is something rare for the government. They don't like putting effort into things. They don't like trying. But in this one case, they said, "Yep, okay." 1969, we're going to do it. I I also think that you have to take into account the fact that the space race was on. and Oh, that's my point with, right? with comparing to the Soviets. Is... And it's not like the Soviets were in on it and they decided to, um, you know what, um, we're, we're going to tell the entire world that we lost this space race uh, just yeah. to... I don't know, whatever the Americans have going on. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. But in hindsight, it feels irresponsible, doesn't it? Don't get me wrong. I think it's cool that we went to the moon. Like, um, that's, that's fun. That's a fun fact. We're in the middle of the Vietnam War. And we're like, let's divert a bunch of funds to this weird exploration. Well, for one, it's called distraction. Um, okay, yes. No, <laughs> I completely agree that it is governmental and political <laughs> distraction. I'm just saying, in hindsight, not a great look. Um, I would say, secondary, there was a point in this country 
and you could say it was when America was great. Um, if you know, whatever that's the phrasing that you choose to go with in your life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. make America great again. Sure. Let's return back to like the progressive tax rates of when America was great again, where we tax the shit out of billionaires. Yeah, so I agree. Uh, what Eisenhower would have done. There was a time we did. Uh, Kennedy. We did science Nixon. for the sake of science, you know. And, That's fair. Uh, and and expansion of knowledge for the sake of, you know, the 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 betterment of humanity overall, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. And uh, you know, getting back to that would be great. Um, I. I think that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, that's why we went to the moon. Um, uh, do I feel that there's a reason to go again? Uh, no, I assume that the next time somebody gets on the moon, it's going to be, well, it could be political. China might do it. Right. Um, I, oh, wow. I don't know if they've, they have or not, but, um, or it's going to be some mining company that feels that they can make a lot of money by mining the moon. Well, that's interesting. Which I I can't see. Um, unless they discover uranium or something like really rare. Oh, shit. I can't see how you could make money from mining the moon unless you're building something in space. Um, mm. like, a, like a huge... Um, moon colony. Star dock or something. Um... Yeah, or a moon colony for that matter, but I, I just um, I don't I don't see a reason, uh, to do that. No, I don't see a reason um, unless the goal is to get to Mars, right? Yeah. Then it makes sense to have a moon base of some sort. I don't get it when people are like, "Oh, we need this like colony there in case of like blah blah blah." I'm like, we've got all of Wyoming. Um, it it doesn't make sense to have. Uh, a moon colony uh, in the case that something happens to the earth. Uh, but yeah, if we could terraform Mars, it would make a, a lot of sense to do that. Um, oh, if we're, if we're going with the case of like complete, like nuclear fallout and des the, the destruction of earth. Yeah. But, yeah. Or colonies on other comet hit something. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense to have humans in more than one place. Yeah. Ch chickens and baskets yeah. and eggs and all that. Yeah, we'd need to take chickens too because food. Right. So, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely way off of Bill Hicks here. Um, Bill Hicks does a fine job. Right, and I think he would be a very good chicken farmer on the on the Mars. Uh, yeah, I'd trust him to be able to do that. <laughs> Bring, bring, bring it around, make it relatable. I do like that in successive weeks, we've had uh, Mitch Hedberg's like, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. And now we have Bill Hicks. I used to do drugs. I, I don't, but I also don't regret it and let me go on a like 10 minute weird ass like story about doing hallucinogens and like seeing a UFO and it was it was <laughs> odd, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, like he's enjoyable. He is enjoyable, and that's the weird thing is like, I can simultaneously enjoy his comedy and not say he's like one of the greats at the same time. Right. Um, I I will say that there's um, it feels that there's a lot of 
praise given to Bill Hicks that um yeah maybe is only because that he died yeah if that makes it's, any sense this is way too big of a stretch and way too big of a comment but based on the time period like it's it's almost a uh, I don't even want to say the word but now I've gone down this road and I have to it it it's it it's Cobain esque of let's laud this early 90s being on what is definitely an impressive early 90s but probably giving too much credit for what they could have been and I'm not truly putting him on the same level as Cobain but it 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 feels that similar level of died too soon let's make them an icon uh, right um yeah i you know i i think you know hicks probably would have been a better comedian had he continued on um sure but would we be talking about him in the same way i don't i don't think so um unless we were looking at this album and and showing how uh he changed throughout the years or whatever yeah um, you know which is hopeful at best right um we have no idea what this guy would have gone on to do, if anything. Um, and that's the thing, too, is there's no shortage of people who have, like, a few good years and then fizzle out. Right. Like, uh, we were talking about Ron White the other day and what he's been doing. <clears throat> uh, sure. he's, he's coming to Omaha in July. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but it's at the uh, Holland, so it's going to be, like, a million dollars or whatever. Um, I actually saw a comedy show at the Holland recently. I saw David Cross at the Holland, and I it, it was expensive. Uh, yeah, I, and I don't regret it at all because it's it's David Cross. Yeah. Similarly, I didn't see David Cross. I saw uh, Hassan Minhaj. Ah, um Okay. And amazing, and that's a great venue. Um, it really is. And it's it's already a great venue, but in particular, I think, for comedy, just because the acoustics work so well that yes. the audience reaction just... And we were probably in a, I'd say, high 80s to low 90s percent capacity. Like, it was it was fairly packed in there. Um, but just because of the brilliant acoustics of the hall and, like, every audience reaction felt huge. Right. And it was just, it was cool. It was cool. And, and it's, uh, with Hassan Minhaj, it's so story heavy and let's get into like social commentary. So like when the jokes and the hits do come, they really land, especially in a space like that. And it was just cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I could sit, you think about David Cross and, and, uh, very similar, yeah. very similar actually. Um, in, in in the way they present their their comedy, it's just story heavy, and um, yeah. Um, so I, I think we saw similar shows, uh, and yeah. not not to knock either of those guys because they're both brilliant. Um, but um, and I actually thought about going to see that uh, that show, and I ultimately cool. didn't because I always err on the side of uh, not going to things. 
Uh, but it's a lot easier. I there's there's very few people that I'm like super fanboyish about, and I would say David Cross is one of them. Yeah. So uh, I definitely was not going to miss that show. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I just uh, just when I see him. I just, I, I just feel like very much just like, I'd like to have a beer with that dude. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's like, yeah, l- like I said, I don't fanboy over a lot of things, but, uh, that's definitely one where I just, I, I totally. just feel like, uh, we're on the same wavelength in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, next episode. Um, let's get into that, right? Uh, I'll, I'll it's Dennis it's, Leary. It's already been preordained. We we're gonna do. That's um, weird. Yeah, it's it's so we don't have to discuss it a whole lot, but um, and we we've already discussed it a little bit, but uh, the whole reason we picked these two in a row is to, um, you know, kind of see like did you know Leary, um, pick up on this guy's uh, act or not? Um, I don't think we're gonna answer that question yeah definitively but i you know I, as we said before i just think they're very similar people um and uh, i think they're similar but I, I also don't think it's a particularly well we'll discuss it more next week yeah i mean you know definitely um it, it, it would be kind of a shame if both these episodes are pretty much the same thing um but i guess that's why we're going having not having not heard no cure for cancer yet i Firmly in the pretest land on the Leary side, but we'll see. I I tend to agree. Um, I was skeptical up until I listened to this album. Yeah, and I'm just like, eh. you know, there's, there's just it's, some things that. Um... It's a funny album. Don't get me wrong. I laughed. I enjoyed it. Do I think it's unique enough that someone's stealing from it? Unless there are things that are straight up, like, almost word for word. A lot of the, like, I like smoking. Drugs are cool to do. Blah, 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 George Bush. I, I just, I, I don't necessarily see it, but we'll we'll see. Right. And, you know, what? like, there's people out there right now saying, well, you can't judge them based on one album, blah, blah, blah. Um, Fuck you. Yes, I can. <laughs> um we're not going to sit here and go through every recorded bit of both these dudes. It's just not going to happen. No, we did that on one episode and it wasn't great. Right. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like not only their albums, but like every recorded, everything they they've ever said did. And just like, I'm not, that's, uh, I'm not going to do an exhaustive like thesis. They just, uh, they don't seem, and again, we'll see how this particular album lands, but like, in my memory of Dennis Leary, and having just gone through this Bill Hicks album, I think I listened to it three times, um, I I don't see a lot of overlap. Right. Or or if there is overlap, it's very much just like, oh, that's a product of their time. Of you know the current yeah. culture that sort of thing. Um, Part of it is I just see Leary as more of like the badass Bostonian type of like ah I just don't give a fuck blah blah blah, 
and Bill Hicks is kind of like, mm, I'm smug and smart. But whatever, we'll we'll compare them more next week. Right, like I do see as Hicks as the more thoughtful guy, and Dennis Leary is the more the hothead, uh, angry yeah. dude. Um, but I, I kind of think that uh, if anything, you know, I think Dennis Leary did the whole. Um, I'm going to rant about these things, but not quite at the level of Sam Kinison. Um, yeah. Where yeah. Sam Kinison just felt like out of control rage, whereas uh, Dennis Leary f- felt very much like repressed and um, in control yeah. rage. You know what I mean? Or barely in control rage. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it uh, next week. Yeah, between Bill Hicks, Dennis Leary, and Sam Kinison, it feels like we got a lot of angry white boys in the early '90s. And uh, yeah, we look at music from that time. That that sounds it 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 uh, checks out. Uh, yeah, yeah. We already talked about plugs. We already talked about um, what we're doing next week. Uh, we already yeah. ta- we talked about this album. Uh, did we miss anything? We didn't talk about the album much, but like we talked about it enough. So no, I don't think we missed anything. I, I think we talked about it on average amount. We talked about it. We talked about it to the extent it earned. I guess that's going to be it. Um, we'll just, All right, cool. Uh, if we haven't cut it already, we'll cut it here. This has been Third One Ducks, brought to you by Brady Cox and Patrick Kilcoin. Opening music, Ska of the Mountain King by Johnny Boyle, available at Upbeat.io. And that's Upbeat with two Ps. Drugs are cool to do. Drugs are cool to do. Drugs are cool to do.